Welcome to AM Best Audio. I'm Lori Chortis for Ambest TV, and we're at the Vermont Captive Insurance Association's annual conference in Burlington. And joining us now is Utah Captive Director, Travis Wegkamp. Travis, welcome, so nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure, thank you. Can you tell us about the current state of the Utah captive market today? Absolutely, it's, it's, things are looking very positive at the moment. We had a great year in 2022, uh, actually had net growth in our licensed captives for the first time since the PATH Act of 2017. Uh, net growth of about 30 captives last year, uh, had nearly 60 new formations, uh, bringing our total up to about 412. And with the current year so far, we're, we're up to around 432 or 433. So even during those years of contraction in the number of licensed captives, we still saw growth in the gross premium written by our captives. So even though we were losing numbers, we were gaining in, in the robustness of the programs that our captives were writing. And that's a trend we were, we were fine with. But at the same time, it's happy to see net growth again. Great. So where are you seeing those growth opportunities for captives? Um, a, a lot of it is coming from smaller, medium-sized companies and small ones as well. Uh, we're doing our best to get the message out to those those companies. To you know, that's that's one of the big um, areas where captives uh, need to grow and learn is is just getting that awareness out to those medium-sized companies. Pretty much the larger ones are, are, if not familiar with it, already have a captive themselves. So that's where we're seeing the growth. In new, in what new ways are captives being used today? So cyber liability is definitely a big one. Um, these smaller companies, are, a lot of them are interested in, in doing the form of workers' comp as well. Uh, in Utah, we don't allow captives to directly write workers' comp, but they can do a deductible reimbursement program or reinsure their, their self-insured retention with the captive. Additionally, we're seeing growth from municipal-type municipal ca captives. Um, getting a lot of joint powers authorities and things like that out of California. So while they don't make up a, a large number of our captives, we are seeing growth in that area as well. Can you tell us about new and evolving legislation in the state and what that will mean for captives? Absolutely. So in our last session, there were a, a couple changes. Um, the first one being a, a initially association type captives had to have a, essentially a year of seasoning before we allowed them to form a captive in Utah. We got rid of that requirement. So at this point, if, if you want to create an association to create an association captive, we allow you to do that with, um, you know, we do our review and, and such to make sure that it's going to be set up properly. The larger change has to do with helping out those smaller and middle-sized companies to um, get into the captive industry without necessarily having to go through a sell captive um, program. So what we did is we lowered the minimum capitalization for companies based on um, a percentage of your total risk. So let's say uh, a smaller company wanted to form a captive um, with total risk exposure for the year of $500,000. We, we do a, a, essentially a, a, a two, to, two to five sort of ratio, a, a 20% ratio. So if your total risk was 500,000, then your uh, minimum capitalization requirement would be $100,000 rather than the standard 250,000 and a bare minimum of 50,000 to, to form and, and create a captive, a pure captive in Utah. So where are we now with the IRS's proposed regulations for micro-captives? You know, it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation because the, the industry as a whole really wants to um, be compliant with whatever the, the IRS really wants to do. You, you know, they, the, the industry understands regulation and wants to comply. The unfortunate situation being that the IRS just doesn't seem willing to provide that guidance that the industry really needs. So obviously you're, everybody's probably aware, you know, they're going after those micro captives. Um, a, a, attempting in, in 
you know, more than one aspect to essentially regulate the business of insurance. Um, you know, they, they often use the term, it's, it's not an insurance company for federal tax purposes, you know, trying to define an insurance company. And with the recent uh, developments um, requiring a minimum loss ratio of upwards of 65, 70%, I think it is, it's just, it's really unfortunate that's, that's kind of grabbed out of thin air and, and doesn't really um, relate to any sort of other um, insurance industry in the nation. It's really high, really up there. Um, so so that, that's quite unfortunate. Um, so it's, in, in Utah, we're, we're doing our best to, to help captives kind of navigate those waters and, 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 and be um, in a situation where they're not going to um, have issues with that. And, and, and it's unfortunate, like I said, again, because for the most part, captives, they're, they're doing what they should do. They want to do what's going to please the IRS. But, um, you, you know, Congress has made it clear that, that those smaller micro captives are, are really legitimate um, uh, entities and, and really serve a purpose for the, the community overall. So um, we, we hope the IRS will be more willing to work with the industry um, to hear what we have to say. Uh, the public hearing that they had recently, we really hope that they take those comments into account and maybe revise what they're trying to do here. And at and, yeah, best, you know, reach out to us for, for guidance and, and to really work hand in hand. So what would those regulations essentially mean for micro-captives and for the captive industry? The regulations that the IRS is yes, currently imposing, yes. it really means they're listed transactions and just creates a lot of extra paperwork, a lot of time and effort mm -hmm. to comply with those requirements, submit documentations and other paperwork. Um, and, and, and you, you know, with the definition of trying to define it, creates um, taxes at the federal level that they otherwise shouldn't or, or, or really shouldn't have to pay. So what are your biggest challenges as a regulator today? Um, really the stigma of that IRS um, pronouncements on the, uh, the smaller micro captives, which uh, to some extent affect the perception of the captive industry overall. And then as I spoke about earlier, really getting these smaller and mid-market companies to understand that captives are out there as an alternative risk financing uh, method for them to employ. So what are you looking ahead? What do you see for the Utah captive market? You know, it's, it's, it's overall it's positive. Um, like I said, we've, we've already seen some net growth for this year of about, um, we've, we've licensed around 30 captives so far with a net growth of around 11 at this point. Um, continue to see with this hard market, companies getting um, more interest in transferring their, just their general liability type coverages over to captives to, to take advantage of those um, um, cost saving uh, features there as well. Uh, we're continuing to get interest from government municipality type captives as well here in Utah. Um, a lot of them coming out of California where there is no captive legislation. Uh, so we're seeing more of the same of 2022, which was a, a great year for us. So we're looking forward to, to the end of 23 as well. Wonderful. Travis, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. For AMBS TV in Burlington, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.